That's okay. Shoo away, people. Oh, shit. Hi, uh, this is the Carousel Podcast. I am joined today by Lou Templar, who is formerly known as Cringe Walker. Lou Templar lists as his Twitter bio the first the first thing on there is propaganda <laughs> propaganda minister for the new regime, and you may have seen his work because he made recently a very hilarious and very cool looking Kanye <clears throat> propaganda poster with Kanye sort of done as a Nazi. Um, his other work includes something called the Restoration Bureau, which is creation of these really compelling propaganda posters that sort of see the world through the eyes of if the based side wins and uh, ultimately prevails over the forces of progressive globalism, what those propaganda posters would look like. And then he's also going to walk us through some other propaganda posters, which are uh, Nazi feminist propaganda, which are just fascinating. So in order to make sure you guys are seeing all of this, I'm going to actually screen share and I'll share this on YouTube as well so that um, anybody who's interested to, to follow along with the visuals can see that because obviously people listening are not going to be able to follow along. So, without further ado, uh, hello, Lou Templar. Hello. Uh, I've enjoyed your posts uh, and podcasts in the past with different people in, in our circles. And I was like, uh, well, I might as well reach out and say, hey, if you like this work, I'll talk about it. Because I recently blew up on Twitter with all this stuff. I figured, yeah, might as well stop repeating myself about how I make this art and finally have a video I can just link to. With the Kanye stuff. That too, uh, unfortunately. Or, or wait, what blew up though? All of it. Well, it's yeah. so good. I mean, it's really. I I actually <clears throat> saw the Kanye thing and was kind of blown away by it, honestly. But then only today, when I was researching for this episode, did I get into the other propaganda posters you make and realize just how awesome they are. I I think <clears throat> um, they're going to be ten times more popular than they are now just because they're so cool it's just they're a little bit they're easy to like go past you know what i mean without reading the small print so they look cool but you don't necessarily like know exactly what they're saying but when you actually read them they're like incredibly awesome so i i love your work yeah yeah so the the text is what i think is is like i I had the problem where like i i also have a sub stack that like has like maybe a few like dozen people that read it and people always say I write well, but I know people don't like to read. And so how can I catch people's attention? Art. Uh half like go oh, partly AI generated, partly my own remixes of it. But uh I can go into how it's made if you want, or we can just keep going with No, yeah, uh, let's go. We'll take a look at one and, and see how it's made in a second. But yeah, my whole project is basically involved with attacking the regime via propaganda itself which is an idea that people don't necessarily think about all the time because they view propaganda as the product of the enemy versus kind of the enemy itself. But as somebody who's been inside, you know, globalist marketing agencies, which is a very closed off world, it's a world that's very hard to access. <laughs> and I myself have always only been like a bottom feeder in those worlds. You know, I've I've seen it. I've gotten a peek behind the curtains, but I've never... You know, I, I have some people who've gone all the way up to the top and talking to them is 
really interesting. Um, that propaganda machine is so powerful and so important. And in a lot of ways, it actually is the thing we're fighting. So I think by creating our own propaganda, that's actually ultimately the biggest act of rebellion you could do. Um, so I had another guy on here, I don't know if you saw it, that created a ad for Solomon Shoes that was based on Julius Evola. So like oh, I hadn't seen that. Not I want to see that later on. Yeah, <laughs> send I'll send it to you. But but anyway, that so what I'm saying is without even really knowing it when we scheduled this, you are doing the exact project that uh, I think is the most important thing you can do today. So let's take a look at uh, a couple of these things that you've made and you can just kind of talk about it. But first <clears throat> first um why did you switch from cringe Walker to Luthemplar and what does Luthemplar mean? All right. Uh, I have been a fan of academic agent for a long time. And at some point in time, I decided, Hey, I, I have a pretty decently paying job. I should support him. And it happened to correlate with his infamous um, video where he justified the empire strike on Alderaan as a positive. And I thought, well, I, you know, there's a bit of AA does these things where he has like kind of like thematic eras. And so that was the Star Wars era. I was like, I'll just name myself Cringe Walker and start super chatting like funny comments. And that was like kind of how I started off like that. Um, uh, and it stuck for a while. And that was back in like 20, late 2019, I think. Um, pretty sure it was before the pandemic. But I, I didn't like the name Cringe Walker. It's kind of meant to be just like a gag for like a month. And then people started keeping on calling me that i was like oh i guess i have to stick with this so that i get uh, a little bit of attention <laughs> but uh <laughs> eventually you know i, I have been using the name luth Templar for about a year now um parallel to cringe walker uh, in fact there is still a cringe walker twitter account uh i i created a new account switched the ats so that that account inherited the old cringe walker at and then this one kept my followers with a new at. <laughs> oh, god. Um, okay, got it. Because uh, I didn't want to start from zero, so I was like, uh, you know, I had like, like I think like a thousand people following me under Cringe Walker. I was like, I'll just change my at and switch over. Um, I I don't like the name Cringe Walker because a I'm not really actually a fan of Star Wars, and b it kind of served its purpose. It was just like, haha, funny super chat man, and that yeah. that was basically it. It's like the 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 brand the brand of Cringe Walker was haha, funny super chat guy, and that, that's it. Got I could it. never write anything serious on that name. I, I knew it. I knew it. And so I was like, well, I've kind of pigeonholed my way out into this. Uh, probably yeah, so out. Super Chats, just so everybody understands what Super Chat is. A Super Chat is something on a YouTube live stream where you pay and like a couple dollars. It's like one dollar or something. And then your comment pops up really big in the chat. And like sometimes it reads it out loud, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes... Um... Well, AA typically reads his out at the end of the show with his guests, and so it's it's a, kind of been a fun way to like just uh, poke some Brooklyn humor in to uh, an English <laughs> show, um, which can be very uh, controversial sometimes. Uh, but it, it was a, it was a gag for about a year. Uh, around twenty twenty one, I started using uh, Luthemplar as a name, and originally as Luth Knight, and then Luthemplar, and a, a couple of different names. <laughs> Uh, just trying out different names and and seeing what sounded cool. I'm I'm a big fan of Anglo-Saxon uh restoration language, uh, like uh, English. The, like English is a project, kind of like an internet project where you try to remove the French influence from English and return it to its like ten, like you know, year 1060 original heritage. 
And That's so Lieutenant English Clark. English, you're saying English? Yeah, English, English rather than English. Yeah, okay. So, nice. I've, I've always, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Tolkien. I'm a fan of fictional languages, but I'm even more a fan of like actual languages. And I figured, eh, why not uh, try to roll around with, with the, with the English a little bit. And so Luthen Plar came about from that, and uh, in, in an attempt to merge Lutheran Templar. Yeah. Um, so, are you a Lutheran? I am now. Uh, I, I was raised Catholic. I kind of like Luther. I, I like saying I'm. I never left the Catholic Church. I just really like Luther, and so I like saying I'm a, a Catholic who likes Luther, Lutheran, uh, Luther, because uh, well, Lutheranism in America is kind of cringe, and there's not really a lot of like actual traditional faith left in America in that area. Um, <clears throat> but for all intent, for all intents and purposes, I'm a. I guess you could say I'm a Catholic who likes Luther, but in reality, I'm a Lutheran. This this okay. causes endless controversy and anger. Yeah, how can you be a Catholic who likes Luther? Isn't that like an oxymoron? <laughs> well, the key thing is that most Lutherans reject Luther. So. Oh, right, right, yeah. So, like, if, if you actually like subscribe to what Luther himself wrote, it, you kind of become like a weird 12th century Catholic revivalist. Mm. <laughs> if you if you go by what modern Lutherans say, you you end up being like a cringy progressive. Yeah, right, right, right. So, did you ever listen to the uh, Dan Carlin episode, Prophets of Doom? Uh, I've really been falling behind because of the studying for my yeah. uh, architecture license stuff, but yeah. There's an incredible episode of Hardcore History, Dan Carlin's podcast, called Prophets of Doom, about like the beginnings of Lutheranism. Lutheranism. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> in like Austria, <clears throat> there was a huge showdown because there was like ultra, there was the Baptists and the Anabaptists. And the Anabaptists were basically communists, and they like took over this town. It's a great story. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Turnip Seed and Red Lip did a show about that too. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm more familiar from that one. Yeah, and, and you know, there's that like it was that, Munster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's that really crazy book that Luther wrote uh, against the raving horde of peasants. <laughs> which, that's the title in which in which luther takes up the cause of the imperial government and uh, technically yeah. also the catholic church yeah so it's like it's it's one of those rare one of those very strange texts in which luther an active heretic tells uh heretics to submit to, to rome rather totally. than being a cringe well Rome not really rome but like you know, submit to tradition a, a commie. yeah no he's this in the same situation in this story he he ends up going completely against the anabaptists he's like these people have nothing to do with me like get them out of here yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. so like I, I i like i like luther as the reformer of the catholic church i don't really like what lutheranism has become uh okay. and and there historically there have been people who were excommunicated who posthumously were reintegrated so i have hope that luther one day will be a catholic saint oh wow there you go you're gonna need a new pope first although maybe or maybe this is the <laughs> right one uh anyway okay so uh let's just look at some of these great things that you make enough enough babbling um so here is one of them uh for people who are yes. <laughs> not actually looking this went, I don't know how viral it went because people are probably scared to like it, me included, but <laughs> it uh, it shows okay. Kanye uh, in this sort of perfect, it's an illustration, and he's got kind of a yay in a very swastika-esque circle behind him. Um, really just a very striking image. So uh, how did you make this and what happened with it? 
Yeah, so the, the suit, like the top ha- half of the suit, is AI-generated. Uh, the face I partially drew uh, and also like overlaid photos of Kanye's face. It's not a perfect match, but it's close. Um, I, I think I lost it a little bit on the eyes, but the the really weird jawline he has got captured, I think. But like his face is really hard to draw. I mean, he's got this weird chin structure on the on the on the sides that makes him like protrude out. Well, and you know um, why that is, right? What to get broken jaw or something? Yeah, he got in a horrible. Uh, the, the beginning of his career, there's a famous thing where he got in a car accident right before his like big album. Uh, his first song, "Through the Wire," his first big hit is all about that. And it's I, like it's, <clears> I, I, through I, I, the wire because he's speaking because he has a literal wire in his jaw, so that's why his jaw's all fucked up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, that makes him really hard to draw. And I mean, to be fair, it also means that AI literally can't make Kanye's face perfect. You you, yeah. you always have to draw it. So you, you if you look closely, you can kind of see the slight yellow tone shift where I was drawing in the face. Uh, and, and and I'm still trying to fix that. It's it's really annoying the way like his face. But a lot of people actually have that color shift in their face, so I figured I'd keep it. Mm. Um, uh, um, but you can kind of see the brown like chocolatey color where it's AI generated and the yellow that's drawn. Uh, it's not. It's not a perfect color match. I I, I didn't notice it until later on because I was really zoomed in on it. But uh, I did the. I I took the the yay flag in the background from a four chan post. Th- this image was first posted to four chan as a as a troll. It was also before Al- the Alex Jones interview. Please, God, feds realize I I didn't like. I did. I was a part of that. This is a meme. Wait image. a second. You're this saying a... this this image was posted by somebody else on four chan. No, 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 I made it and posted. The you posted, okay, got. It. But yeah, then you're yeah. Saying I, the yay symbol was taken. Somebody pus- pu- made that. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 yeah, yeah. Got it. That yay forty-five yeah, degree turn. Yeah, I didn't design that. The the yay swastika is someone else's work. Um, I did make the like kind of exaggerated flag color and everything, and the aged red. That was fun. Uh, you know, I I, I put in that blue, uh, blue symbol from his Twitter icon in there too. Um. If you look close, I completely. If you look at this image closer, you start seeing all the places I effed up and was too lazy to fix, like the phantom hairline that's floating behind him, and like little tiny things that you can start to spot out. Uh, there is a, there is a more HD version of this image that exists that uh, has like four thousand pixels or something, four thousand by four thousand. Uh, I'll eventually sell that up for like art or something. I don't know, but th- yeah, this MFT. is like the, like yeah, yeah. Oh god. Oh, yeah. Um, right. and then the. I, I realized that the blue Twitter, like the the you know his his old Twitter icon down there, the blue necklace thing, uh, the pendulant, that that I'm convinced that little blue speck there is what really makes the image stick in your head. I totally because agree. I, yeah, it's yeah. well, just so people know, that's Kanye's Twitter profile picture. Is this like blue sphere uh, that yeah. I always found to be very cool? And is this like something that you saw in an actual Nazi? Like that, whatever you call that necklace thing, that's got like one. It's like a one-sided necklace. Like what? What is? Uh, that? No, that was there was like a really effed up necklace that the AI generated, and I tried to fix it as best as I could. Uh, uh, it was a lot more like, but then it kind of looked almost like this, like like it could be uh, an an eye monocle, but it's not. You don't know. It's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, right. So that's I, that's what's cool about it. I actually the one-sidedness of it looks like that looks like more not yeah. for some reason yeah so I, I i've i've offhandedly met him in new york occasionally and he does these like like weird fashion like like nuances like this and like that's very yeah. connie to do something like that yeah so i figured yeah. I'd, I'd keep you know, like the, 
the AI made a mistake, but at the same time, editing it a little bit to make it look like a fashion statement made it look actually like kind of like Kanye legitimately. Yeah, it's not perfect. Like you can see, I didn't fold the 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 collar to allow it to go under the neck, so it's kind of just like attached, like grossly. Yeah. Um, but there's all kind of little things in this that I I did fix. There's another, there's a better version of this, but it's just I'm not gonna release it. <laughs> Wait, you um, met Kanye the, in person? My professor, you well, this is before everything, but this this is like back in twenty. 14 or 13 he would visit schools like art schools and stuff and so he he visited one of my professors and i i kind of saw him in his like weird like early 2000 early 2010s fashion stuff oh cool um uh, so he he visits new york a lot so when you're doing the ai here are you what are you which program are you using and what are you typing in so uh if you want to do this for yourself don't mix and match Uh, most ai generated art companies or profiles whatever you call them they explicitly say you're not allowed to mix and match so when i do a piece i i respect their wishes and so every part of this was either hand-drawn or made a mid-journey version four okay um and what do you do you just type in what do you type in uh, not a lot of times i have to start with a drawing to get what i want because like if you just type in something that the ai doesn't have any like artistic limitations and so it'll make wacky stuff but if you yeah. hand draw something it'll oftentimes make it better um or if you want to just like do single framed like items and then collage it together like what i do is if you type in this image into uh, into an ai it will never generate anything like this it will be wonky it, ai is not smart it can only handle like one or two topical requests and after that it'll start making these bizarre hybrid images that don't make any sense so yeah. like for example th- this image the the jacket the coat that's derived from Franco uh, in Spain. Uh, so that's a Francoist coat. So I, I typed in like, you know, Francoist coat and I went through like 20 versions to find something like vaguely accurate. I drew some of these extra elements into it, but like, that's it. Uh, the African-American head I added to, I, th- I think the original like input for the jacket was like uh, African dictator Francoist or something like that. And, and, and so that one item, like the like the the middle third of the image, that is pretty much the only thing here that's AI generated. Uh, the face I had to draw a lot of it. The hairline's kind of a mixed kebab of different things that didn't work out very well. The dark undertone on the bottom is completely hand drawn to match the AI generated uh, middle third. Um, so like you know, if you look closely, you can see the the line between where the AI generated the suit. And then it gets really dark, and that's me like hand drawing it, kind of trying to like make it hide and not look make it look too bad. Um, but yeah, essentially this this originates from like an African dictator Francoist coat, and and then everything else I had to hand draw and edit and collage together and and do a lot of editing. Uh, and for, uh, whoever made the Ye Swatsika, absolute genius. Yeah. Um, I mean, like this is like a beautiful, beautiful, uh, nefariously beautiful symbol. I really like the way the aesthetic of it. Yeah. Um yeah, but, yeah. but I found that on some like I found the yay flag itself on some random 4chan post and then I had to redraw it to to get that aged look on it. Well, it's so great because it's it's like a such a remix of things and even, ultra ironically, this is exactly what Kanye does with music. You know, it's yeah. like it's <laughs> yeah. like auto-tune mixed with samples, mixed with like new sounds he finds around. So it's like you're doing exactly the same thing just visually. And I think that AI really lets this stuff free in a way that that um, for some reason before the, these kinds of collages, these kinds of digital collages just weren't really that interesting. Uh, so is somebody like uh, what's the famous NFT guy, Dweeble, what's his name? 
Who am I thinking of? Uh, I don't know NFTs at all. No, like the main guy. Um, you know, the most famous NFT guy. <clears throat> I feel like he's maybe doing something kind of similar to this because his images sort of look the same. Um, it's yeah. like people or something. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it, you know, AI can do like single item requests. You people. as the artist yeah, people. have to. Huh? People. Oh, yeah. Have you seen people's stuff? Yeah. Nope. I don't know anything about him. I've kept away from that. <laughs> so he does things like this. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's AI generated? I don't know. I don't know. I don't uh, know if he does this all himself or if these are like partially. Oh, yeah, I saw his Joe Biden Corona image. You might remember yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- that's where I know him from. I know the aesthetic. I, I've seen the the Joe Biden one of this. Yeah, um, yeah. You know the one with like the tentacles and everything. Let's see. Maybe it's him. Yeah, Maybe it's someone. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one. That that's the one I'm familiar with. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I I think I used to follow him, and I I do think he actually makes these on Blender. From like stock models, so he'll he don't really he doesn't do a whole lot of modeling, but he does. I think he remixes a lot of uh like stock models into weird things, which is kind of like a three D version of what I'm doing, basically. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So here's another one of these that I also yeah. really love, and then this one's like very Franco to me, like or, <laughs> or like very Mussolini. And what's the best part about this is the 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 map is so crazy and cool like how did you make that thing that was a lot of different <laughs> i had to generate 50 of those images on ai ever so slightly modifying it along the way to get that and even that's not perfect like uh british columbia doesn't line up with with uh washington so it's not perfect but you know i could photoshop it later on and make it better um, and, and one of the things that, that was too lazy to, to, cause you know, when these images were made, it was like when Kanye initially started his, his run before the Alex Jones interview where we were, we, everyone on 4chan was like memeing this guy. And so I was trying to get stuff out really fast. And so I, I kind of like got lazy in some stuff. So like, you know, the Confederate colors are in the North rather than the South. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, dang it. No, I didn't mean yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the map was like several generations of collages little nidges and fixes to fix it uh the 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 chinese star in in canada is on purpose that that is on uh, that is by design the uh the takeover of canada by chinese communists yeah um but th- there's a lot of little details here. yeah this was like a lot of work to do that stupid flag and even 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 now i have like 50 versions of this uh, constantly like beating the ai like like a poor dog telling it to fix itself and wrecks itself wow. over and over uh, you know, I I feel like it generated the Yucatan in the shape of a fist. Uh, yeah, it like did. Anger at me. It did. Well, no, but maybe that's it's like yeah. more communism there, kind of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the the Kanye the Kanye image himself is uh an AI generated image, so you can kind of see here the Kanye face is a complete fuck up. Like that doesn't look like Kanye at all, but no one's really looking at the face, looking at the map, and so clever me knows no one's gonna look at this guy's face. They just see a dark man. That's good enough. <laughs> but when I, you have to think of this as like uh, like when I was generating these images, like there was like a two hour time limit before you have to post them before they they get stale. Like when the, when the memes were, were happening on 4chan, you don't have long to post them before before it goes stale. Yeah. So the idea was like uh, like most people here, I suspect they're gonna look at 
the 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 Kanye swastika and the map, and they're not even going to pay attention to the Kanye's face. Yeah, so uh, like if you look speed, at his face, there's like, speed pressure. It's speed art. Yeah, and if you look at this, like if you look at this AI generated images, there's so much fucked up with it. It's not just Kanye's chin. It's like his weird hairline, his eyes that look totally weird. His fingers are completely fucked up. The stars <laughs> on his chest aren't aligned. I can name so many things that, that didn't work out in this image, but I knew no one's going to look at it. They just yeah. say, ha-ha, Kanye's in a crown. Ha-ha, oh, cool map. And, like, I, 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 I know how people read these stupid images, and I know no one's looking at Kanye. He's, they're looking at the cool map. So yeah. I put more attention into the map than Kanye. I could fix this image and make Kanye look real, but like, I was like, nah, I don't care. So are these bigger on... 4chan or bigger on Twitter? I have no idea. People keep telling me like my stuff's on Twitter. I, I occasionally see like a like a five thousand trending image that I made that someone wow. stole. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I, I don't yeah. care if people steal this Kanye stuff because this is just memes. I stopped making yeah. them after the Alex Jones interview because I don't want someone like, why are you making enough? Like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I just don't want you. So what's your inspiration, like for this image, and we're going to get into this now because you are specialized in propaganda posters. What, where <laughs> are you getting this aesthetic from? Uh, a lot of it is actually derived from, you know, Soviet propaganda, which has a really nice color. Like a lot of the color tones in here are Soviet, uh, like heavy reds, uh, off-white colors. Um. But there's also a lot of inspiration from Norman Rockwell, actually. A lot of the paint strokes specifically. Like, I'm asking the AI to use the paint strokes of Norman Rockwell. I might be asking oh. for, like, Soviet propaganda. Like, I'm, I'm explicitly telling the AI, I want you to paint this request. It might be Soviet. It might be, like, uh, some other weird, weird thing. But I want you to use the paint strokes of Norman Rockwell. I, I love Norman Rockwell. He's, like, the like I think he's, like, the, the American da Vinci. Like, he has these very distinct painting styles, maybe more like the American Michelangelo actually, because you know he didn't invent any ideas. Um but Norman Rockwell's distinctive like Michelangelo like like style of like like a definitive art style. I love it. So I, I'll program the AI to use a, a a Norman Rockwell paint stroke style and then like add in like requests for Soviet propaganda, minimalism, like these like terms I'll add in to like get it to chart out things I want. Uh, you know, it, it takes like 50 generations before it, it gets something that I like. Or I'll uh, the cool thing about Midjourney, you can actually submit in, into the AI an image you drew for it to base things off of. Mm. And I'll do that a lot. Like I, if I get fed up with the AI's re- like being dumb, I'll just hand draw what I want and feed it into like kind of like limit its creativity to to a scope I want. Got it. Okay. And well, and, and I'm gonna start. I'm, I'm gonna start doing that more. Because I think that's a more of an artistic approach. Like I, I don't like treating AI as an artist. I want to treat it as a tool. Yeah. No, which you definitely are succeeding in doing. And I, I just love what you're saying about, yeah, you're an AI artist in a way. And I think that the speed pressure of it, there's such a cool, like in 2000 years when they're like talking about the art of our time, they'll be like, that. well, the news cycle was so dominant then that, you know, these artists time they had to do it quickly which is so new that's like a new it reminds me of like you know when everybody talks about charles dickens and they're like well the reason he wrote so many words was because he was being paid by the word you know and like he had an incentive like that's kind of the same thing here it's like you're you're this kind of pressure actually makes the art better because it's just like a you know it's part of the sandbox you have to work in i i had to say it, it 
like all good art comes from a limitation. Yes. There's no such thing as like like you never get good art if you have no limitations. I I I was taught this in my freshman year of university, and it's I've never seen it proven untrue. Yeah. Uh, the more limited you are as an artist, the more creative you're forced to be. Yeah. You you can't actually get that. That's also why I kind of hate digital like tablets. I try to avoid using tablets. I I much prefer hand drawing things, putting them into Photoshop and editing them like manually with a mouse rather than a tablet, because that limits me and forces me to have creative solutions. Yeah. I don't. I have a tablet. Like I I do have a tablet, but I mostly use it as a second monitor. Like I, the only the real thing I'll use a tablet for is shadow and and contrast light. I I don't like drawing with a tablet. I prefer drawing with a hand. Submit it to, to a, you know, easily either using that as as a base drawing or submitting it to an AI to add detail to from the hand drawing. That's why I much prefer the the yeah. feeling of the paper texture, the 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 stroke of the hand. It it just it limits me in such a way that it, like allows me to get creative. Yeah, I do think that like part of the reason why our current um, movie regime is so bad is because of. You know, we had this notion that these evil Weinstein movie producers were making movies bad because, you know, they have annoying capitalist concerns about length and about it being appealing to the audience in a certain way. You know, we have that notion in our head that, oh, these people don't know what they're talking about. Let, Let the artist just do whatever the artist wants. But actually what we've learned in the Netflix era is that giving artists carte blanche to do whatever the hell they want actually ends up making the art terrible uh, because yeah. it's just, you know, all these directors are making their pet projects for Netflix and nobody is there to say no. There's no like pressure on them. So the shit that they're making is actually like not very good. Uh, could, I, could I ask for like a five minute break for a bathroom break? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. totally. Sorry. You can keep talking about the art. Go for it. <clears throat> um. I hate editing, so I'm just going to, like, keep talking because I really hate, like, going in and having to find the thing. I try and not edit ever, speaking of artistic limitations. So I'm just going to keep talking. And we can look at some of Luthemplar's other work while he's in the bathroom. Um, So he has this phase of art that is all about um what he calls the restoration bureau and the restoration bureau see you'll see it here in the in the bottom left um you'll see it here where this is one of my favorite ones uh you see it here on the bottom 2030 so it's like we're imagining that the globalist progressive regime that um for example posts advertisements of obese women to stand for beauty, et cetera. Um, They've been defeated. And now we have this new regime and these are the images from the new regime. And we're going to look at some um, Nazi propaganda um, because, you know, obviously the Nazis were terrible, but everybody agrees that Goebbels was a genius. And, Actually, what's really interesting is the Nazis themselves got so much of their ideas for Nazi propaganda from British World War I propaganda. So <clears throat> Hitler and Goebbels and all of them, they regarded... I'm back. Oh, sorry. I'm just rambling about World War I <laughs> propaganda. But it, I, all I was saying was that Goebbels and them 
they regarded Brit- Britain's propaganda efforts and America's propaganda's efforts in World War One as a big part of the reason they won. So they they were like really blown away by all that British propaganda, which was unifying the country and making everybody lined up against um the obviously the you know what were they the prussians and the whoever was the germans in world war one so um <clears throat> that's what a lot of nazi propaganda actually and and then ultimately soviet propaganda was built on was actually they were copying their enemy um which is kind of what we're talking about here also so anyway i was talking about some of your other some of your other work, which are this Restoration Bureau series, and you have a telegram that people can join that you post these on. So can you tell us a little bit about the Restoration Bureau series? Yeah, uh, I think this probably came out around um, the same time as the Kanye stuff where uh, I was really let down by um, Trump's announcement speech that he's going <laughs> to run again. Uh, I found it very low energy, very lazy. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, I kind of like view America as a post-democratic state where it's like, I mean, it, it's kind of a joke. Like, you know, they can vote harvest whatever they want. I've seen forms of, of ballot harvesting that are really weird. Like, I, I've seen one, one of my first bosses out of out of college would uh, edit where we lived on his records so he didn't have to pay city taxes in New York City. He would change our addresses to being outside the city so we'd have to pay uh, city employer tax. And I started looking into that and I realized, it, it, you know, there's a lot of real estate companies that can buy a property and use the address as an address for a voter ballot and then just like sell those ballots to NGOs and then don't ask questions about what they get used for. You mean, um, but I, how I know, do they get all the? How do they get all the people's ballots, though? You just can go to random people, you know, like twenty thousand homeless people in New York. Just go to them and ask for like, have them are drug addicted and don't know. Like, just say whatever they want and get them to sign a signature, uh, and and that's it. Like, you can just write the ballot however you wish. Like, do you really think all the people that go out there to ask people to like write a ballot and send it in that day early early voting? Do you really think that those people aren't? going to edit those ballots i mean come on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like, no you know, i mean some... I, I, theoretically yes theoretically this is what ballot theoretically is right like, yeah. yeah i mean like and, and you know the word gets used but no one really understands the process of what happens you know like yeah and it's not just it's not just the Democrat, republicans do this too um you know you you have a real estate guy buy up a bunch of property he says he's going to develop 50 units on the property he have 50 addresses that you can sell to an ngo after the election, the property mysteriously gets abandoned or sold off, and the house never gets built. But the addresses were still valid for the election. Yeah, if you go to the, yeah. if, if you get the, if you get the ballot uh, records and you look at the addresses, they're all empty lots. Like, they're empty lots because they're they're sold off to NGOs. Um, wow. It's not like as if the real, it's not like the real estate guy knows who the hell he's selling to. It could be a Republican, it could be a Democrat. He doesn't care. He's getting paid for it. Uh, and this is something both parties, you know, it, this is something both parties do. It's not like a. I just I'm kind of like over I'm over politics almost I'm like like so anyway in, in the midst I, I've known that for about two years now I've seen it I no I I've known that since like 2016 I saw a lot of it in 2016 I uh, 2015 too uh various like contractors and and like different architecture companies real estate companies rather I started doing this so I was like this is really dirtbed stuff and of course if you're like a big Democrat city 
you and you know you're going to get like 70 percent of the vote for democrats you could take 10 percent of your vote and offshoot the address somewhere else and you still win and you've offset 10 percent of your population for changing the votes elsewhere uh they're valid votes but you just change the address right it's not hard to do um there's a lot of stuff you could do with that uh you know there, there, there's like there's like a a decent like couple of tens of thousands of people maybe hundreds of thousands of people that will just change their address for a vote and then go back to where they lived and then all yeah. they did was just buy you know they bought like an empty lot and said i live here i'm voting for this election and after the election they go back <laughs> they go back to the original address that they were in even though they never moved yeah. there's all kinds of things that happen uh i so will say in the i midst mean of that the all i will say about this is and i talked to lafayette lee on my podcast about this is <clears throat> okay we're in this new regime where now the way that voting happens is different. You don't find out the day of. That's totally different. And what keeps happening, the same process keeps happening over and over again, where the Republican person wins and then weeks or months even go by. And then, oh, those mail-in ballots start leaking in. And the mail-in ballots are exactly what yeah. we're talking about for the ballot harvesting, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The left has admitted that they opened up a whole new amount of mail-in balloting, largely because of COVID, but they said it was fortifying the election. So look, I'm not saying that I have any proof or know that any of this election tampering is happening, but it is undeniable that there is a difference now. And the difference Mm -hmm. certainly seems to be favoring the Dems, whether that's legal or not. But what I'll say for our guys, and that's why I'm actually really fascinated to hear what you have to say about this, because it seems like you have some on the ground experience that I don't have, is without concrete proof, this whole discussion is pointless. Because as you're saying, both sides do it. And until we have concrete proof, talking about it too much is just going to seem like complaining, sore loser dumb. So I think it should be investigated completely fully. But it shouldn't necessarily be like a messaging point that we dwell on too much. And- yeah, 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 exactly. And, and you know, it's and again, like like Trump's party did this, too. Right. Just that yeah. Trump's, Trump said that, oh, we can't do mail-ins this year. Yeah. And and because he actually shot himself in the foot doing that because the, the main benefit of, of mail-ins is that you don't actually know how many mail-ins you have. You can count the ballots on the day of, but you can have like endless uh, mail-ins as much as you want the republicans yeah. used to do that and then you know they stopped anyway let's change topic <laughs> okay okay no so let's walk through this uh thing so at the top of this propaganda poster and we're gonna since my audience is like there's plenty of like very normy people in it i, I want like we need to define a lot here but what we're <laughs> seeing here is a man a uh, creepy man on the street who looks like an alien holding a hot babes poster it says report all coomers And then at the top, it says, beware the Coomer. Since the fall of the old regime, deprived minds have become desperate for their degenerate reading material. If anyone offered you the old regime filth, report it immediately. Don't end up like this guy. So walk (laughs) us through the entire framework of this advertisement. And it's from the Restoration Bureau. Yeah, so I started the Restoration Bureau only like two weeks ago as a, what I told you earlier, like I want to create an aesthetic to like, nudge people into a new politics because i think aesthetics comes first and the politics follows um uh this art uh, i had the inspiration of the running man i think it's the running man slash slash also um you, you know you know that old 1970s and 80s show about the guy who's been framed and every episode he's trying to like avoid the guy hunting him i forget the name of it um i don't know 
I don't know my seventies. Yeah, it, it was a show about the guy. He is framed for murder. Every episode, uh, the police officer is trying to catch him, and he's in, it's like a new plot. Um, is it Dragnet? No, I don't even uh, know. It just sounds like that. The Fugitive. The Fugitive. It's, it's okay, the Fugitive. The Fugitive yeah, right. uh, which is also a movie. Yeah. So I had those. If you look at old posters for The Fugitive and The Running Man and stuff like that, it kind of has this vibe. So I use a lot of that. I think it, I think you can kind of tell what, what what are layers in this. It's, it's kind of like. This I put some effort into, like you know, the eyes are very fun to like get the AI to do right. That took like three or four iterations, but um. Okay, but before we even, what is a coomer? What okay, is yeah, the old regime? So, uh, in the in the Restoration Bureau concept, I'm treating everything now as like the old regime, and and this is partly based off of um, French Revolution propaganda. Where they would call anything they didn't like the ancient regime, um, or the enchant regime, uh, like the old regime. The, the the French divide their history as you know the Roman era, the the monarchical era from Charlemagne to King Louis, whatever, and then the revolutionary era slash Napoleonic era, and then of course the the Republic era thereafter. And and I I like this because the, the 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 French basically divide their history as. Anything before the revolution is ancient. Doesn't matter if it's one day before the revolution or one thousand years before the revolution. It's all ancient regime. Uh, and this actually comes from the fact that I don't think French has a really good linguistic structure for differentiating between ancient and old, whereas English does. Um, so I, I didn't do ancient regime. It's too French. My my love of English compels me to say old regime. Uh, I should eventually replace old regime with something where uh, regime is. I think regime is French, but. Eventually, I got like you know, Old Reich doesn't sound so good in this climate, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so old regime seemed like a good like like pseudo English, somewhat French sounding term for what defines the period of time from the end of the end of World War Two, maybe the end of Cold War. I don't know, end of World War Two to like some hypothetical time in the next ten years when when uh, when it will end. Uh, one way or another, due to economic pressures, um, that will be t- called the old regime. I don't define the old regime. You have common sense enough to know what I'm talking about. Uh, Coomer, of course, is a meme word. Uh, this this has to do with people that are uh, addicted to porn. Coomer uh, is somebody um, who's addicted to porn. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you want to look up what the word coom means, feel free. I'm not going to go <laughs> into it. Uh, you know, th- this is like the the Zoomer word that replaced certain U middle, you know, C U M kind of words. Uh, yeah. You know, and so the you know the Umer is a meme family that I've really enjoyed. Like you can just like take any word and add Umer to it. Yeah. And that's like you're now making fun of that group of people. Yeah. And and the thing is, once you once you name the Umer, you've like you like kind of like create an identity, which is kind of like Umer is like this like new. It's not really it's like in in I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm hopping around a lot sorry but like in Anglo-Saxon times in, in Anglo-Saxon times you would add uh er to any group of people you wanted to refer to uh so like you know you would say the Romers or the or the um or the Kelters or the or the Frankers uh you wouldn't actually say like with the s prefix like we do now with like Franks or Romans you would do you the ers that that was like the Anglo-Saxon way of saying of regarding a group of people or a culture. Uh, in the contemporary language, it seems for some reason this has come back only with the um 
at the, the, the front. And so Umers is like kind of like the the modern way of doing it. And, and and if you want my like like high IQ take on this, like in all of English history from the conquest of the Normans to today, there are two English languages. One has an Anglo-Saxon word base. One has a Frankish word base. Uh, Frankish has typically been regarded as the intellectual language. And that's why you have like, you know, psychology or government. Like there are Latin based words from these are things that the Normans brought in. And with it, they label things with a Latin family of words. The Anglo-Saxon stock of words is typically regarded as low class because those are the conquered people. Uh, so like, and whenever you see a sentence, you can actually like regard it as the sentence for low class or high class people based off the use of French or Anglo-Saxon words. Uh, people like um, Churchill. Churchill was famous in his speeches for knowing this. And so he would purposefully change his language from an Anglo-Saxon stock to a Frankish stock depending on who he was talking for a speech in World mm, War II. Wait, so give me, an, this is fascinating. Give me an example of a Britannic, or would you call it Britannic? What do you even call it? Breton? What, yeah. What's the language? If it's not Norman Frankish, what's it called? Brit, British? I just call it Saxon. Oh, Anglo-Saxon. Sorry, Anglo-Saxon. Um, Anglo- I, yeah. I, for some reason, sorry. So just to make people understand, the Anglo-Saxons were from northern Germany-ish slash kind of Dane Denmark, right? That little kind of area. Yeah. Or the Anglos, my bad. The Anglos were from there. They come over and take over the British islands. Yeah, yeah. So the Saxons so, uh, also are coming from somewhere. Where are the Saxons from? Yeah, the Saxons, you know, they're still Saxony in the continent. Uh, right. when when Rome collapsed, when when the Roman Empire collapsed, the you know the borders came down, and all these people along the coast of Germany were able to enter the empire in various points. Um, uh, you can chase most of this to the 406 crossing of the Rhine, where pretty much every country that you know today in Europe came from that crossing of the Rhine. Uh, I can go into history if you want on that; it's a really fun history. But um, the Anglo-Saxons are, are, you know, it's really the Anglo's, the Saxon it's group, the Anglo, from the fact right. that they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anglo-Saxon is like they they basically spoke a Saxon language. That the Anglo's are a subgroup of Saxons, really. They're also two different groups of people. It's kind of hard. It's like ambiguous. Uh, there's also the Jutes and the Danes and a bunch of other groups that came over with them, but were too small to be kind of counted into there. Right. Um. Uh. They all came but, and took over. Know, the bottom line is they took over the yeah. British island. They, they took over. They took over the British Isles from the Romans and the Bretons. Yes. The Bretons are Cel- right. they're Celtics. They're, and the Bretons so, are Celtics, you know, exactly. So and, then, you know, yeah, pre- yeah all, all the Celtics were, were put on the, the Welsh reservation, if you will. So, like, yeah. the people of Wales are the original inhabitants. The, original the English Celts. are the newcomers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then around, you know, they, they last from the years in, like, the late 400s, early 500s into the late 900s early 1000s so you know a decent 500 years of ruling britain at which point in time they pissed off the pope and so the pope called the crusade and the normans came to conquer the anglo-saxons and so the There's normans a... but, but the Nor- norman actually means northman right yes but the, the normans... normans at that point are in france yeah right? so yeah. uh the, you you heard of the Viking Wars. The Vikings were raiding England. They were also raiding Normandy, uh, where the name comes from. 
Uh, and so the, the Northmen um, settled in Normandy and essentially adopted French culture. They were never really that French. So they're like original uh, so Vikings who've adopted France. Yeah, they're, they're, they're civilized Vikings, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they were granted land in Normandy, so they would stop raiding the rest of France. And then they became a part of France. And then they became a family of people that wanted land because they were like, you know, they, they were under the realm of the, of the French, but they wanted their own land. And so when England was, not many people know this, but the the monarchy of England was excommunicated about two years before the Norman invasion. Uh, They were having a lot of religious debates at that time. I can get into it another time, but uh, uh, suffice to say, the Pope called a crusade against England. And then the Normans were like, hey, we'd like to take over that island and and like have our own land because we're tired of living under the French. And so Anglo-Saxons aren't Vikings, but they really should be thought of as like a prototype Viking, even though they yeah. come from a totally different area. Uh, most. So if you want like a. Well, but not that uh, different because they were they were just on the sea, but they were in the German. Yeah. They were like tucked just below. Um, they were Denmark, sort of tucked yeah, just yeah. below Denmark on the ocean, but just like on the other yeah, side. Yeah. Anglo derives from angler. They're yeah, um, like yeah. fishermen. Nice. So. So, you know, they're, they're anglers, they fish. That's um, amazing. And yeah. all of the what we think of the Anglosphere comes from that one, that yeah. one like, little In tribe fact, of people. Yeah. yeah, there's still a part of Denmark called Anglia. It's still their original yeah, homeland. Right. I want to go. still there. there. I want to go yeah. like, see, because I'm, I'm also, uh, I think, probably like you, uh, half Anglo Saxon. Although, why is it that, you know, no, my. my <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not English. Uh, oh, much to not, my sadness, like, um, you, like I'm it. Irish. Well, but I mean, so why is it that my, you know, that side of my family thinks of themselves as Anglo-Saxons when really they got conquered by the Normans? So why, why did they? Why do we think of ourselves as wasps? You know what I mean? Like, when shouldn't they be Norman if they were in England? Yeah. So this is, if you want two really great sources to read about this, it's St. Bede's History of the Britons. Yeah, which I own because uh, I, I got all into this at one point. I <laughs> ordered that Bede and, book, which is impossible to read, but it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like weird early Latin, yeah. late Latin. But, uh, and then there's also the wolf, uh, the, the, um, wolf is, is a, his pat, his preaching is the, the wolf to the English, lupus something anglos. Um, and this is a this is a guy who lived a few years before the Norman invasion, and he said, "Listen, Anglo's, we are deeply in sin. If we don't fix ourselves, we're going to end up like the Britons and get conquered by someone like we did. Remember how we were granted England because the Britons were full of sin, as you see in the Arthurian legends. We're going to become the Arthurian legends if we don't fix ourselves." <laughs> uh, sure enough, his uh, his it, he's a great person to read because he basically sources his entire preaching off of feed um yeah. and keeps he keeps saying like like look at how we're acting like the people we conquered we're gonna get conquered this is the way it works yeah. uh and of course you end up being right however the, the thing is the the normans although they did conquer britain the anglo-saxon uh race really is is a indomitable people that do not submit yeah and in the end uh you know you know the, the parliament spoke french the government was french a lot of the early english laws were french they couldn't penetrate the common culture. It was a, oh, a failed effort. I see. Uh, so eventually, the you know, like to this day, Norman culture is still heavily in parts of England, but it, it could never breach into the lower castes of society. Oh, okay, so what we and, think of as as like grimy English, Manchester, Liverpool, 
Like that mm-hmm. shit is still pretty Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, and, and that's like like like, and this is really cool. Like because the Normans couldn't get the Anglo-Saxons to become French, uh, you end up having a a language which served two different people groups. Uh, and so the Anglo-Saxons had their words and the Normans had their words. That's why like the F-bomb and stuff like that are considered like curse words because those are just Anglo-Saxon words for like strike and other Latin words. I don't know if strike's a Latin word, but like England has essentially two words for everything. One that's Norman, one that's Anglo-Saxon. The Norman one is typically viewed as moral and high class. The Anglo-Saxon word is typically viewed as as like, you know, lower class and, and like, you know, grimy, like you said. So what are the sounds? Um, like what you said, ology, that's Norman. What's what's the sound? Yeah. of a, What's the that's ver- Greek, but I agree. OK, well, but then um, so what are well, the difference in sound? Like generally in the difference in yeah. sounds. English English words, Anglo-Saxon words typically have fewer syllables because it's a more archaic language. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more like a base stock. You, you'll find this with a lot of ancient languages where there's short one or two syllable words for like everyday experiences. And then those words get compiled over generations into longer multi-syllable words for more like advanced experiences. So like, you know, Anglo-Saxon words like Reich, one syllable, you know what it means. It means a state. Mm-hmm. Um Shire, two syllables, but you know what I mean. Shire is probably more Britannic, but it still like has elements like blood, toil, tears, sweat. All of this is single syllable, like single syllable pointing pointy things. And and there's a language, there's a history, there's a, a theory of language here where short single syllable words uh, hit the mind faster than longer syllable words, where your brain has to break it up and try to conceptualize it. And so great orators in history have always understood this, that if you want to get a message to the common people, use short Anglo-Saxon words. And then if you want to convince the intellectuals to join you, end your speeches with long, multi-syllable Norman words. Mm. Uh, so, like, you know, you have like Churchill where like never in the field of human conflict, you know, like these are like short syllable words, like, you know, blood, sweat, toil and tears. These are all single syllable words that Churchill would yeah. use for the common people. Right. Um, yeah. And then uh, what would he do? We have examples of like, what's a Norman, like make America great again, obviously very, uh, very Anglo-Saxon. America, but what, yeah, so, yeah, but, right, right. It's like, like yeah, America is the only word that, you know, America yeah. is like, like Italian, it's right? Italian, so it's right, like, exactly. it's long, make, <laughs> yeah. great, right? Like short, yeah, make, yeah, short right, right. biting yeah. words. Yeah. So like, so what's, like, what's a phrase that's more Norman? I'm trying to think of like an example. Like that's class. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like it's usually gonna be a Latin or Greek based word. So, like you know, like government or like uh, parliament. uh, Or a parliament might be a little bit big, but like like they typically longer words from like you have to you have to have a a background in Greek and Latin to understand them like intrinsically. Otherwise, you have to be taught them. Right. Um, right, right. You know, like like architecture, right? Like construction. These are longer words. Yeah. Um, you know, like uh, you can have like uh, you know, genocide is a long Franco word. Oh, whoa! Well, let's Where, we should. The, 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 <laughs> so funny how the word racist, misogynist, anti-Semitic. Yeah. Um, what word did you just use? Uh, uh, genocide. Not genocide. Not the all of these words are like sound exactly the same. They all have this, yes, and like then, the snakes in yeah, them yeah, somewhere, yeah. you know, yeah. almost and, every single one. And it's like funny that like homophobic is the one that doesn't, 
And like that's the one that we all kind of like accept. The minds being called homophobic, you know, like whereas yeah. these other ones sound so nasty. And, and it's by design. Like what, what you're describing is yeah. is a lot of like you can you can once you notice this, it's impossible not to notice it more. Um you can usually pick up the etymological roots of a philosophy based off the words they use. Yeah. Um yeah. If, you, if you get really good at this, you can just like dismiss entire like speakers based off the words they're using because you can tell, all right, this guy's trying to, you know, roar me up into some ridiculous utopian vision, but I'm not gonna deal with that. Yeah, yeah. God, so funny. All right. Well, that was really fascinating. Thank you for that great aside. <laughs> so anyway, finish unpacking this one and then we'll move quicker through these. But uh what what are what's the overall point of this that we're saying? I mean, I know what it is, but I just want to hear you <laughs> explain it. Yeah, well, you know, it's like dogpiling on Coomers, right? It's like you know, it was it was made in no no not November, so it's kind of a little bit of a tail end encouragement. Well, again, we got we got to tell people what these things are. So, no not <laughs> November is okay. The larger framework for understanding this is that the globalist regime, the whatever you want to call it, the modern left. One of their mechanisms of control is porn and the widespread proliferation of porn. And oft cited is this example of Israel, the state of Israel flooding was at the West Bank with pornography during a certain time that they wanted to control <laughs> them or, or us, uh, you know, the U.S. sending porn to Islamic fundamentalist countries to try and undermine them because what porn does uh, is make men sort of um, unvital and impotent and tired because they just are jerking off all the time, basically. And yeah, and, and, and go on. What's really funny about this, actually, though, is in one of the number one rules of Orthodox Hasidic Judaism is no spilling of seed without the purpose of pregnancy. So it's actually funny because really, yeah, no, not November is like actually one of the most Jewish things if you actually look at what <laughs> Judaism actually is. But of course, nobody understands that. But anyway, what we're seeing here, we're imagining a future world in which the globalists and their porn have been overthrown and the new regime vilifies people who jerk off all the time who we're calling coomers here. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, once you name a form of of action or behavior with these like short Anglo-Saxon terms, you can you can very quickly proliferate into the public mind what is a bad thing. Like this is yeah. this is enemy. This is bad. Don't be like this guy. Like well, where are the and, and one of the best things about this Umer like term that that like blew up in the last few months, maybe a year. I don't know. Like it, it showed showing up like maybe a year or two ago during the pandemic era. I, f I forget what it was from. I mean, like Boomer was kind of where it comes from. Yeah, all of them. Boomer, Zoomer. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, it started as like terming, uh, you know, the differences between genealogy, uh, generations rather. And so, like, yeah. you know, Boomers and Zoomers, that, that was where it came from. I, I think that's where it came from. I can't think of anywhere else. And so, like, you know, like, the baby Boomer generation was well, this term. We have Doomers then, now. Doomers. Yeah, yeah Doomers. Which mean, mean people who are just pessimists. No, doomers yeah. are pessimists, aren't they? Yeah, 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 but like because so many millennials are pessimists, they typically ah, get associated okay, okay. with it. But yeah. uh, you, you know, this 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 umer term can be latched onto a lot of behaviors that we don't like. So like coomer, like there yeah, you go. Yeah, you've you've yeah. just you've just and, and and in in like in seven words, you've in seven letters, you've essentially identified an entire chunk of the population, which you know 
are you gonna go through the elaborate explanation of what like masturbation is and porn is and all these other things, or are you just gonna use the word coomer that quickly un- everybody gets it like very quickly? You don't have to explain it, uh, and if you don't get it, you'll figure it out soon enough. Right. Um, and and that's really the power of both propaganda and language. Propaganda is ah. something which propaganda has to tap into the 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 vulgar the, the vulgarity of, of a language yeah. and formalize it into a term like it's like making scientific what's vulgar which is very hard to do it's a, it's an art it's hard to do yeah. it um yeah. and you know this you know the art's cool and everything but the art's just there to grab your attention with contem- you know complementary complementary colors once yeah. you read the text it like it gets into you okay so good so cool let's keep moving yeah. here uh, here's another quick example that I really like. This one's a little easier to understand, but here we're saying uh, report all obesity rhetoricians. Um, yes, so, the old so, regime so you, could on. only achieve equality by crippling your biology. Not sure why you capitalize biology there. Uh, reveal That's their big. monstrosity <laughs> by restoring your physiognomy. Physiognomy. How do you say that word? Physiognomy. Physiognomy. I, I say. Whatever. I say physiognomy. I've heard physiognomy too, but I yeah, don't know. Physiognomy. Um, uh, equality so, is the elimination of quality is what we're seeing at the top here. And we have a, you know, a man. This is a very Nazi-ish kind of ubermensch physical <laughs> physical specimen. Um, and behind him is a bunch of fat people. So uh, explain this one very briefly. I, I Yeah, this one's a little easier to get, right. I think, but... After what we've just just said, you you can probably notice all these words are longer Norman words, right? There's very little Anglo-Saxon, like there's very little Anglo-Saxon. This is meant. Oh yeah, you're right. This is a very high end one because it's rhetorician, physiognomy, biology, elimination. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, love it. So, so this is literally targeting like intellectuals, and and of course that's why Prude shared it. It, it picked up fruits and intellectual surface. He picks it up yes, and shares he it. He sure is. He sure is. Like you, you have no idea the power. Like you do know, but like like the power that using the, the word choice, the yes. hijacking the there is that natural divide between Anglo-Saxon and Norman word stocks that you yes. can you can weave good propaganda with. So like obviously the people that are talking about this are all intellectuals. These are all people that know these words that are like want to think about a piece. They're not just reading it and going. And moving on, they're actually like like studying it, and so it's it's kind of designed because they know the words are longer. There's a little bit of extra detail in the imagery, like those fat people in the background. If you look, you start noticing they're all on their cell phones, or they're all like kind of like doing little things. Like it's it's a piece meant to stare at. I know you're going to be staring at it because of my word choice. Um, I guess the main thing to look at um, the word equality, the prefix e can usually be determined as like that which is not. So equality literally means lacking quality. Quality is that which is above the rest, right? So th- it, this is interesting because it's interesting that equality, like you mentioned S words, right? With, with like racism and stuff like that. Equality has no S's, of course. Equality is a is a sharp, boxy Greek word, a Latin, Latin word, I forget which. But it's kind of meant to like flatten. And it's 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 on purpose. The, the E it is literally the prefix for elimination. So when you when you hear the word equality, what you should really be seeing is like non-quality the lacking of quality um because quality is is inherently unequal in order for something to be qualitative like like have quality it has to be more it's it's non-quality it literally means no quality (laughs) yeah that's great so that's so insightful i really want you to write a substack piece for the carousel about how (laughs) 
short words are nationalist and long words are globalist because I'm assuming yeah. the Normans had much great, because even as you're describing Norman language, you're actually saying none of it was Norman. It was all Greek. It was all Latin. It was all you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. other things. So really like longer words, we like to think of as longer words as, as uh, smarter, but in fact, they're dumber because they need to do <laughs> more work to describe things yes. to more people. They're, they're globalists. They're like Brown, you know, they're this, I'm not I'm saying brown as in a mixture of a zillion things together, not as in brown people. Um, Right. Whereas actually shorter words are in a way more nuanced and specific to a certain people. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, and, you know, and by using those words correctly, you can make people think because like, you know, if you're because of the word choice, I know the people reading this are going to be, you know, educated. And they're going to stop and think, huh, yeah, equality does mean elimination of quality. Yeah. And it'll make them reevaluate that word. Very cool. And so here we're, what we're talking about is, of course, the proliferation of imagery of obese people in advertising yeah. largely, um, which we're all witnessing now. And it, we find so appalling, and it, it, at least those of us who are, you know, have any concern for natural beauty, um, because as I've written about quite a bit, the globalist regime, the existing establishment, um, has sort of switched their advertising from <clears throat> celebrations of beauty to celebrations of ugliness, more or less. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I, I've written about the reasons for that. Um, but I don't know. Do you want to take a crack at why? Why they do that? Uh, uh, why, they, why do they show us? people spot? don't protest. Fat people don't fight. It's that simple. Well, so I, that's more or less what I've written about. I call them dependent identities. So that's a good term. Yeah. Yeah. More or less the globalist corporatocracy is recruiting citizens. They don't really give a shit about selling products anymore. Right. They would much rather sell 10 people lifetime subscriptions than sell a hundred people a widget. So, so these people that they're trying to get to be lifetime subscribers are people who they can sell an identity that is dependent on their, on their business. So the most obvious example of that is what is a transgender person? A transgender person is a lifetime patient. They have to like go get their medicine every single week for the rest of their lives in order to affirm their identity. They're like a, a customer who in order to like not turn into a werewolf, you have to go buy the cure every yeah. single week, right? You know, forever. And that's the kind of customer they want. They don't give a shit about like, uh, oh, somebody needs to buy some, you know, nails from the hardware store. They now want you to need, buy an identity from them that in order to keep the identity alive, you have to continuously buy, you know, you're a subscriber to them, which is really much more of a, citizen tax relationship than it is a capitalist relationship you're you're basically paying a corporation for your status as a citizen so yeah and and that can that can only exist when you just you know destroy the family because usually you get that from your parents well or you Um, get it right you get it from and that's why the the regime hates family hates religion it hates all these other things that give you identity you know it needs it needs the things it needs consumerism basically and or, you know, bodily destruction, whatever. And so the reason it celebrates fat people is because it, it it is much more interested in converting a class of weak people to be citizens than it is to selling 
people a product, right? And when you're selling beauty, you're selling people a product to give them that beauty. Whereas when you're celebrating a citizen, it's very communist, right? When you're so, yeah, when, yeah. when you're, when your propaganda celebrates the worker, you know, you're basically celebrating the, the fat dependent piece of shit. All you're doing is celebrating that person. You're not celebrating an aesthetic. Um, anyway. Okay. So sorry. That was a long thing. Let's do one more of these. Cause I love these so much. Uh, I, I, well, I really love this one. The anti-natal. <laughs> yeah. You really got to talk to uh, Bennett's phylactery. He's doing a whole thing on natalism, like celebration of natalism, yeah, which I just sent this to him. Um, yeah. This yeah uh, feel free to say, uh, DM me any names. Cause I'm crap at spelling names. Yeah. Just, no, uh, we got to get you. I actually want to, we'll, we'll talk after this, but uh, yeah. anyway, this was the one, the last one I want you to explain because I don't really get it. So here we have a very yeah. complicated one. It says at the top, the Manoujois Mirage. Man. How would you say that? Yeah, this is a failure. I, I regard no, this no. as a failure. No, um, no, dude. Um, no. It's pretty. It's it's more. It's more like art. It's it's a pretty art piece, but it's not propaganda. Okay, um, so what we're seeing here is a. <laughs> it's like, are we watching the trolley problem? We're seeing a trolley thing going into uh, the sunset on a bridge, but there's a bunch of cars or is it people falling off the bridge? And at the bottom, we see the old regime built their bridge to utopia on the victims of their dystopia. Your capitalism. I don't understand your capitalism. Uh, I'm. Uh, that's a mistake. <laughs> if you I, gotta, I gotta be more careful. That's a... just just own it. Just say there's a reason for it. Uh, if you have information on the crimes of the Menujois, submit it to the Bureau for Expedited Investigation, Restoration Bureau, 2030. So what's this one? Well, uh, I you know people have been talking about the managerial elite for a while now, and I was like, what's a what's a better way to saying managerial elite? Because that's a really long thing to say. Manajoice. That's it. Yeah, it's, the manageois. I get it. It's like the bourgeois. Yeah. It's the bourgeoisie. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. manageoisie is what you're saying here. It's, so it's what just, is the managerial class? Tell us that before we lose you. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's like the professional class of useless jobs that keep the gears running. Uh, like marketing know, like, they're, people. They're marketing people. <laughs> yeah. H- I was thinking more HR people too. Yes, but HR like, people. Um, you know, like these, these, you know, this is, I, I w- I'm actually convinced this is the regime's attempt to keep job numbers inflated because this is now like a huge chunk of the economy of people that would otherwise be unemployed. Um, you know, we, how, how is it that we can have like such crappy economy, but only like, like less than 4% unemployment. You create a new class of jobs that get, you're basically paying off a res- a, from a recession, right? You're, you're paying off yes. this, this group of people. To, and again, like the, the managerial, like the HR class, HR departments are required by law to manage things that are required by law. In order to fulfill legal requirements required by law, there are entire there are a non-economic uh, tumor sewed on to like otherwise healthy companies, and a lot of times they become malignant and take over the company. Um, and you know, like these these are like you know the the, the government says you must have fifty percent unemployment of, uh, employment of women, and we'll tax you if you don't. And so the HR department takes over and is like, okay, we're going to hire only women until we make those numbers, and then we'll get a tax break. And well, so, that's you know, not you're, entirely you're telling... that's not entirely correct, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're headed there, but that's not exactly how. It, I mean, it, you don't actually get taxed more if you don't have fifty percent women yet. Yeah, you get taxed less if you do. <laughs> really? That's what it is. 
You, yeah, you do get tax breaks. Well, it may be a this may be a state issue rather than federal issue. At least in, I think in New York, if you have certain, I think it's on uh, the board. Bonus. It's on the board, but it's not in the company, right? Uh, okay, uh, yeah, I know, I know the board's true. Maybe I'm misremembering. I mean, you probably can get all sorts of. Yeah, I'm sure there's all sorts of like. I don't think it's like a lot. Oh, probably um, all kinds of charities and stuff you can do. Probably. I mean, I it was know. also, um, you know, if you have certain number of women employed, we'll give you a loan. That's another one. Well, no, that's, um, that's true. I mean, that's yeah. for sure. Oh, no, hundred percent. You get free yeah. loan money for sure. Not free. You have to pay back, but at low yeah. interest. Anyway, okay. So, what are we seeing here with the manojoisie? Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's the mirage of like, um, you know. What were the you know I don't I don't define the crimes. What I'm saying is like you know making everyone like like you're saying like buying your identity, losing your identity, atomization of the of of culture into hyper individual consumers. Yeah, uh, and what does that do? That just that destroys you, right? Uh, th- this is vaguely based off of a um, I don't remember where I heard it. it might have been from a Syrian guy that I used to hear like who knew old Christian literature really well, but basically. You know, in this in the Bible, the Tower of Babel is made of bricks. The Temple of the Lord is made of stone. Uh, and there's a difference there. Bricks you don't have to think about. You just lay them on without thought. Bam, 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 bam. You have a wall. But and in stones, you have to think about. You can't just lay a bunch of stones together. You actually have to rearrange them, chisel them, and and have. You know, the stonemason has a relationship to what he makes. He has to think about it. He has to put effort in. The bricklayer doesn't think. He just does. And that's why the Tower of Babel, everyone's speaking one language, the building's made of one material, everyone's one thing. That's, you know, Babylon is defined by this, like, you know, uh, you know gearwork civilization. You know, we, we say gearwork, back then they call it bricks. Uh, you know, everybody's an, an, an exchangeable bri- uh, gear you can take out and replace. Uh, you know, different times, same concept. Rather than bricks, you have gears. Whereas the, you know, the temple of the Lord, it's like, you know, God has to like figure out how all these crazy people can fit together into a, a, into a single thing usually fails, but when it works, it's really, really strong. Um, And so that's kind of based off this where like, you know, the people are falling off the bridge to become a new column of the bridge to utopia. Um, It's not clear. I didn't work on it. I should have added a base there of the people becoming a a new tower for the, for the bridge. Because you can see the bridge doesn't actually get to utopia and something like has to keep building it. And so like, you're building a bridge to Utopia for the bodies of, of the people that get atomized uh, into bricks. It, uh, okay. None of this is clear from the image. It's a failure. It's a complete failure. <laughs> well, it's interesting, but yeah, this one's a little, it's a little hard, but it's not a complete failure. It's, it's just, I think the ideas are really cool. It's just a matter of understanding them. Okay. Well, I want to make sure we actually have time to talk about some yeah. of the Nazi propaganda, which we're going to have to now go through really quickly because uh, we're yeah. running short here, but uh, let's, Let's switch over to some of these um, some of these Nazi yes. things that you've come to share, which was why we started talking originally. So you had posted, I forget what it was, but you shared something with me that showed some Nazi feminist yeah. propaganda that I'd never seen before. And it seemed like <laughs> yeah. you had some really cool sort of deep cuts here. So uh, what did the Nazis have to do with feminism and what was their propaganda around that? So this guy here, John Hurtfield, he's he's a card carrying communist. Uh, he he was a communist, and he made a couple of Weimar era art about like female liberation and and the communist revolution, uh, which the Nazis kind of copied for their own propaganda because it was really powerful propaganda. 
uh, I think they tried to hire him or arrest him so they could force him to do work for them, but he fled the country. Uh, John Hurtfield sounds English because yeah. it is. He changed it. He changed his name to an English name because, um, like you were saying earlier, uh, the Germans were fascinated by the British culture in World War One. Uh, John Hurtfield was so fascinated by British culture that he changed his name and pretended to be British. Oh wow! Uh, so he, he's a German guy, but he so was you know like, Schopenhauer, an as we just learned on the recent BAP episode, was also a German Anglophile. Apparently, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them that did that. Where like yeah. there, there was this whole branch of Germans that were completely fascinated by the British. I mean, mm. from the German perspective, the British are like their offspring, right? They were the Anglo-Saxons that crossed okay. over and become a new country. Yeah. Um, and so like the this is like, you know, in the same way that the British look at America as their kid, the Germans look at Britain as their kid. It's like this oh, like wow. weird wonderland. That's cool. Um That's... so John Hurtfield, uh he was a communist and he made if you go forward, um to go forward one image. He made these like anti-fascist propaganda pieces that were kind of oh, really cool. They were, yeah. um, they were collages of photographs, kind of like what I do. Um, a lot of my work's inspired by his work. Um, where he did these like collages of photographs and drawn stuff. Uh, yeah. So you know, the photograph was like the AI generator of its time. You didn't have to draw something; you took a photograph and then you could use it. Um, this one, uh, this one's uh, that first one. You go into next. Um. This was really cool. So it reads, uh, whoever reads the bourgeois newspaper becomes blind and deaf. Um, Love it. So he was really, I, I, nowadays we associate the bourgeois with like, you know, elite progressives. But in his time, it was the elite conservative uh, German empire. So like, yo, who's reading the, the imperial news? They're, they're, they're blind and deaf to progress, right? Um, so he was working on behalf of Weimar? Uh, I wouldn't say on behalf of Weimar. He wanted to push Weimar to be more progressive. Uh, um, okay. So he's like, you know, he wanted to route out the the remnants of the German Empire from Weimar Germany. He he was using his propaganda against the conservative faction. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. mind you, mind you, his politics are different than ours. We would probably agree with a lot of his criticisms of conservatives. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. this is a different time period of progress. So for them, progress was like, you know, why are we funding these like like corrupt retards but anyway <laughs> okay um, yeah, this is very much so, like mainstream advertising like if you look at um yeah like creative arts magazine for example it's all this is very ahead of its time it's like everything that wins a design oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. print is this exact thing it's like a visual metaphor with a payoff line like this um so this is great yeah he he invented the process he he, he yeah. basically invented the process yeah. this one's called you know the conservative and his puppet which I, even as like reactionaries we would kind of agree with this right like the conservatives always put up their strong guy puppet that does nothing when they're in power oh got it okay uh, so like you know yeah. th this is like a, a weimer puppet right like i, I kind of like this one a lot i think i could remake this one eventually um if you go back one um the the, the one with the magazine I, you know i think you might have seen my you know to democracy dies in darkness one i sent you i i, I can send uh, you the I will, 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 which it was one, one of the ones i posted uh it was marxism dies in darkness no dar democracy dies in darkness oh yeah i think I, the one of yours you mean yeah yeah, yeah one i made I, it was based off of this image basically the, this i want to I show how i'm inspired by this um i'll send it to you if you want on on uh, uh twitter real quick yeah um yeah, so uh, you can compare and contrast the two images of how I uh, blatantly plagiarized this piece. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let me switch here. Yeah, you can put like double sided. I don't know. 
Um, smoke wrong thing. There we go. Ah, I love it. Yeah. So th- this was basically directly based off of that, right? Like, uh, but like twisting it into uh, like you know, democracy dies in darkness, but they're the ones making it dark. Uh, essentially, we didn't turn off your lights. Is reducing the long text that he wrote into a much shorter version, right? Like, you know, whoever reads the bourgeois magazines becomes blind and deaf. Let me reduce it to, we didn't turn off your lights. A lot shorter, gets to the point. Um, mm, I feel like it's stronger, honestly, without the, we didn't turn off your lights, because I don't actually get oh, yeah? who's the we. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, it's kind of like, you know, yeah. I I'm think I, I'm I, I, honestly, it's without, we didn't turn off your life, it's just this woman with democracy dies and darkness on her head. I think yeah. that's perfect. I think that's yeah, strong the, enough on its own. When I, when I eventually sell this, it's not going to have the text. I, I have yeah. one version of it without it. No, uh, I think it, right, let's go make a few versions of this. This is fucking great. I, I haven't yeah. seen this. You, is this. Did you tweet this one? Yeah, this is a few weeks. Is this like, it's like a week ago or so. So I, I mean, it's a while yeah. ago. Send me one of these without the, uh, without the, yeah. we didn't turn off your lights. But yeah, this is really great. Um, No, you're doing the same thing, but uh, it's, it, but it's also just, it, you're saying the same thing, right? Bourgeois newspaper, more or less. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Um, but like, from a, it, it, it's fascinating to me that like, it's really weird that the what this commie was saying is essentially like his same. He had the same problems we have with our progressive leaders now, which which leads yeah. lends to the fact that power, like when you're in the top, you tend to be corrupt. That's, well, that's no, I mean happens, the entire but. time, right? I like I believe fully that all the Hemingway, Orwell, all these guys would have been on our side today. Right. I mean, who would have? Yeah, yeah, probably. Would would Orwell of his time be woke? Like, fuck no. He would be against them. That's his whole (laughs) point. You know, he wouldn't have joined the what he wouldn't have joined the Ukrainian army. Like, we're supposed to believe that. Like, no way. You know, I mean, he joined the army against Franco, but that was just a totally in their mind. Authoritarianism was right wing and they were wrong. And I mean, they were right. Obviously, the Soviet Union proved them wrong. But you know, I think that all yeah, those- a, lot, a lot of the um, th- there's a book by Orwell called Notes on Nationalism, which is really good. Um, it, it kind of explores how this tends to produce an anti-nativist view of yourself and like self-destructive views. Um, Orwell is a complex figure who like developed over the years. We, we could yeah, no, time, he wasn't but, uh, a communist at all. And I mean, 1984 yeah. is very much um, you know, anti-communist yeah, yeah. just as much as it is fascist. So. Uh, okay, uh, so what's this guy? Yeah, so the the hangman and the justice. So like you know, corrupt courts that allowed uh, Hitler to take power. Basically, oh. uh, it's a nice little piece. Um, you know, der Henker und I can't say like German word, but uh, it's a nice little piece of a collage of like a you know blind justice that's been abused. Like uh, she's been beat got up. It, got it. I, was, um, I see. I see. Wow. You know, bo- you could call this. More like bondage justice. <laughs> yeah. So in the, um, in today, the today's version would be like, like, Sotomayor like and what's her name? The new one. What's her name? Kentanji Jackson. It would be them like talking someone to death. <laughs> like, well, it, well they, no, like, be, like, they no, wouldn't I, be beaten I could up. See them... They would be like, it would be like sending justice to HR. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they're like, well, I, 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 yeah. I could imagine them. I, a good piece of propaganda would be them beating the definition of a woman, right? Like just like beating yeah, it up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's like uh, it, it's a definition of a woman. You you beat up women. The definition. Yeah, that's a funny one. For yeah. Sure. Um. Okay. And then here's um, another one. Swallow, and this is like a. 
Yeah, so I was just this was like you know the the, the meme that almost destroyed Hitler basically. Because really? uh, like, yeah, it was a very popular piece. It got put into a lot of magazines right before Hitler took power. Uh, essentially, anybody who published this uh, got sent to the Gestapo. After <laughs> he took power. Wait, so what uh, happened to Hartfield? By the way, I can't. He, he had a flea. He, he had oh, a flea. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he he he. Okay, well, the funny story. Uh, Hitler takes power, and he and he. They they come for his house. They 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 come to his apartment. They're gonna arrest him, and he escapes through the balcony door. <laughs> he escapes like right as they're raiding his apartment. Wow. Uh, it's 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 not clear if they're gonna arrest him to force him to make Nazi art or to like just kill him. Yeah. Um. But they're you know day one of the of 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 Hitler's Germany. They they come for him. Wow. Uh, he gets away. He 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 escapes. Guess what country he escapes to? Uh. England, Czechoslovakia. Czech. Oh, okay. So he flees yeah. to Czechoslovakia, and then and then he has to flee Czechoslovakia yeah, right, because right. he gets that. taken over. Yeah, yeah, right. So he, he, I'll, I'll go into his him more at the at the end, but we, we should go into the next piece. Okay. So th- I know this piece. Um, this this piece is basically like you know. Um, I'll go back. Sorry. Uh, the the basic idea is that like you know Hitler had all these uh conservative factions funding him he also had a lot of communists funding him like the you know the, the beefcake nazis who were they wanted to take over after Hitler took power and replace them so people don't realize this that most nazis were communists and hitler had to get rid of them when he took power like they called them beefcakes because they were they were brown on the outside and red on the inside oh really <laughs> so i mean i've yeah, read so rise and fall of the third reich and i don't remember that in there but i i believe you i believe i didn't know that most of them yeah were. maybe not most I, I should say most of the most of the ss was and so that's why not the ss sorry no 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 um the brown shirts? i forget which one the brown shirts, yeah, most yeah, of the brown were shirts called were called something. They they had a different. They were the SA, right, in the beginning, and then yeah, the SS took over. So yeah, the history there is that you if imagine imagine if Trump somehow convinced Antifa to support him. Yes, right. Not that is what that is what <laughs> happened. That, that right. that's essentially what happened. And so after he took out after he took over, Hitler was like, oh oh shit, my entire like private army is communist how am i going to get yeah. rid of them? <laughs> and, and so there was there was this bizarre era of germany where um hitler was in power and all the institutions were communist yeah and he had to like and so pieces like this came out where like everybody knew the communists were funding him and they were going to take over and so like this little piece you know <laughs> mind you by a communist um uh, you know, he he takes their gold and he spouts out tin because everybody viewed him as a Fed. Everyone viewed Hitler as a Fed. They they viewed him as like this communist Fed. Oh, they're gonna get rid of him once he's in power and it's gonna be a communist state. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, let's. Uh, so to 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 say final words on Hartfield. Um, he ended up. He did eventually flee to England. Uh, where he was viewed as a alien agent of suspicion. The the greatest irony is that after World War II, he came back to East Germany because he's a communist, and the communists didn't believe him. <laughs> they viewed him as a Nazi. Oh yeah, well, dude, so he's he making a movie he, about this guy. It's a great story. Yeah, he he never he basically never managed to reach the popularity he had in the thirties because the communists thought he was a fascist and the fascists thought he was a communist, and he could never he could never. Uh, 
make anyone believe what he said basically ever again. Well, I also the whole power structure. I mean, no, you know, Weimar was a globalist power structure, basically. Yeah, exactly. So that all got dismantled for a few generations there. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay, cool. So, anyway, um, so um, after he fled the country, the, the Nazis were like, you know, we didn't like the guy, but his art was really good. Yeah. So we're gonna gonna we're gonna just rip it off. This is from the woman, the family, uh, the woman in family home and workplace, which is kind of like an anti Weimar propaganda museum piece, Uh, envisioning, you know, they were basically trying to envision what would the German woman be under the Reich. You can see from that map, Czechoslovakia is not conquered yet. It's very early in the days. Um, So if you go next image, um, this image is based off of the the newspaper one remember uh so now you're looking into like a progressive woman's head and you're seeing pills garbage sleeping (laughs) foods it it says emotional stress at work so this isn't this is like this they're basically plagiarizing uh um hartfield's work but for their view so they they've completely like turned the tables around and made made their own version of this. I can't even um, tell really what we're seeing. Like what what is actually happening here? It, so you you see a woman in in that circle. There's like that woman sleeping. Um, next to her are like sleeping pills. There's like work office stuff and clothing and like emotional. St- the text emotional stress at work is like. Um, you know, don't be a druggy woman who works and goes and tries to take care of your family. You have to uh, yeah. So, so they were trying. The Nazis were trying to get women to stop working. working. Yeah. Go okay. home. Yeah. Go home. Um, and so this is like, like you know, the woman's in the. You can sell the woman's wearing uh, like a business suit thing from the backside. Uh, has a collar. It's kind of like a, this like business attire thing. Um, you know, her hair's cut short like the flappers in the 1920s and 30s. So uh, this is a business yeah. woman. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's kind of looking into the mind of like what what is the businesswoman? She's an overstressed, drunk, and drug addict that can't wow. do anything right. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's like it's like a pie chart of. If you look closer, it's not a collage; it's a pie chart. Yeah. It's like the hours of the day she's spending doing different things. Um, and it's so it's a powerful piece because it's basically saying like like you you don't have time to be both a woman and a worker. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. She's a. Uh, should we cut that frame out? No, it's fine. <laughs> Speaking um, of perfect timing, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, no, so wow. Um, so, what do you think about this today? Are you are you in agreement with the? Are you in agreement with these Nazis? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, ironically, I'm in agreement with both the anti-fascists and the Nazis. And somehow the Nazis, they both right, right. So, somehow they're both saying the same thing. From like, this is a good. The reason why these two pieces of work are really good is because they show how departed from reality current day stuff is. Like yeah. if both if both the card carrying communists and the fascists are saying things that are relatable to contemporary society, I think you might have gone a little outside the overturned window. You're right. Something's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, this uh, is completely. Um... I mean, it's just I I had forgotten that that was such a big part of the Nazi uh, belief system. Well, it's like traditionalism of women. I sort of forgot about that until I resaw this. I mean, this is not yeah, it, close to as good as Hartfield's work, though, right? This is much less. Yeah, it's it's uh, a shadow. Yeah, it's, a yeah shadow. it's not even. Uh, they couldn't. They 
yeah, they, they couldn't get the guy, so they could only plagiarize, and it's kind of a shadow of his work. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's what's also it's, it's the, the, so in in advertising, we learn this technique called unique but familiar, right? Yeah, so in yeah. unique but familiar work, the visual metaphor always has to pay off the line. So the reason why this works so well in that way is because we're talking about somebody being blind and deaf, right? Which we're familiar with. And then we're seeing somebody be blind and deaf in a different way, in a unique way, right? We're expecting this person to actually be blind and deaf, but then we're seeing, oh, they're not actually blind and deaf. They're covered in newspaper. So it's unique, but familiar. It gives you everything in advertising and basic print and OOH, which is out of home advertising. It has Mm -hmm. that unique, but familiar twist. Whereas this is describing the metaphor, right? There's no no twist here. It's just saying, here is somebody who's stressed at work. This is what's going on in her head. You know, it would be different if the word stress here, for example, was something, a twist. Like if it was, we were seeing like the stress of like, like a a different definition of stress, right? Like it was like a, like a, a, a something being crushed, Right. If her head was being crushed by a vice, that would be a different definition of stress. Or if it was a different dif- different definition of work, right? Or emotional. That would be what that's why the other one works and this one doesn't work as well, because it's just we're see it's C saying. We're seeing exactly what he's saying, right? Uh fun fun fact you can see later on, but that's exactly what I did when I made my own version of this. <laughs> uh it's it's not a vice, it's just like piles of paper on someone's head. Yeah. Oh, there uh, you I, go. I, exactly. Then that would—that's why stress works there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You can look at it some other time. Uh, we don't know. <laughs> so this is um. So this is kind of a. Uh, this is actually a really interesting one because it's actually the the, the Nazis trying to say the third world is doing something better. <laughs> uh. So on the top, uh. Well, the text is like, what must a woman do on her period? And this is the and red so the tent. Top... This is the red tent, right? Yes. Yeah. Here? Yeah. Okay. And, and so at the top, you have like the Weimar woman who refuses to rest. She will do work, activities, everything, and, and like like go through the pain of it and, and not really do the womanly thing of, of isolating yourself and letting your emotions process, right? At the bottom, you see like the dark-skinned natives that are more smarter than the Weimar women who are like, know how, know how to do it, right? Like, isolate the woman, let the men be, the, be by themselves yeah, until uh-huh. you're back to normal. Right. And so right, this, yeah. is, this, is a rare, this is a very rare... Uh, third worldism from the Nazis. Yeah, which would seem uh, to be not what they wanted to do, but yeah, yeah. Well, this is something that people are. Uh, this is something that gets like kind of like edited, where like the it's really weird. Fascists are more multicultural than globalists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. It's really weird. It's a really weird time period. Yeah, uh, fascinating. Um, okay, what's this one? This one. So, I don't understand this one at all. So both of both of these are saying like das ist abergläubig, uh, whatever. Uh, it's that is superstition. Uh, and at the top one is like you know an old crooked nosed woman recommending like some crazy brew to like hide away your 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 menstruation time period. Uh, uh, go back, you know, go back to work, woman. Don't worry about the period. Don't don't deal with it. Uh, don't don't be. You have to go work for like Weimar Germany. It's like this like old Jewish woman telling her to do that with the crooked nose. Mm. And then at the bottom, uh, at the bottom, it's uh, uh, you know, an ointment that helps you stay at home and and process through menstrual cycle. 
Um, it's, it's a product. I forget what product it was. It was like an early version of like a tampon, basically. Um, and so this is the Nazi sun tampon. <laughs> this is the Nazi tampon ad. Yes, because this is they're the Nazi saying, tampon ad. But are, but they're saying so that is superstition. But where are we seeing that they're telling her to go to work? Because well, she's seems... in a business attire. You oh, see the difference okay. in clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you see, you're used to that business. So put yourself in the mind of someone in the 1920s. Everybody older older than the age of like 30 is wearing a traditional clothing style. And then everybody under the age of 30 is wearing these like business casual short hair suits. Uh, okay, and so got it, got it. You, you don't have to say she's going to work. You know she's going to work because of what she's wearing. I see. Okay. And this, this woman is telling her to go. What does this say? Nicht waschen, klein, frisch, wash, and zeichen. What does that mean? Do we I'm, like... I'm not going to German. I think it's uh, like, uh, yeah. you'll do this and you'll be clean. I see. Um, okay. Okay. And then go to work. Whereas this yeah. bottom one is saying stay home and this is care. Yeah, this is care. So, like, your 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 job as a woman is to be at home during your menstruation cycle and take care of your family. It's not to go to work and and take some crazy jug to make yourself be normal. Well, but actually, uh, the funny thing is, like, tampons. It's very confusing because tampons actually do help women go to work, right? I mean, that's kind of like yeah, nowadays, yeah, right? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. It's a really, it's a, one of those weird times. Like, yeah, that it's you like have to recognize the cultural difference, right? There's so much like signaling here that we just don't understand. Um, to the same here. Okay, what's your worries? This is that? uh, well, this so this is post-war. Uh, this is nineteen late nineteen forties, early nineteen fifties. Uh, and it's basically like what what's what's the post-war democracy oh. trying to do to like yeah. it's yeah. like they're hijacking that 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 style. And so, what does it say? Your worries are our worries. Do the dishes and don't forget to vote. Right, like yeah, the voting ballot like in the house, back. Housewives, house from. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't don't forget to vote for us, the you know the, the socialists, sorry. Yeah. And then I must say, vote now or vote whatever said means. I I don't know what Walt said means. It Walt oh, sounds Walt like vote probably is vote. vote, right? That has to be vote. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know, you you see this thing where it's encouraging women to like participate in democracy now that your traditional roles are are done. Post, you know, the Nazis told you to do all those things. Now come back and be part of globalism again. <laughs> Man, these are awesome. Where did you find these? These are some like rare, rare pepes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I I, I collect them. There's there was a few different uh, research things at my PhD that I collected them from. Uh, but, uh, uh, so this one's interesting. Um, I think you might be the only smart person I've ever met to get a PhD or try. Well, I, I quit my PhD because it was a joke <laughs> and I didn't want to deal with it. No, I, I, so um, I taught postgrads at UCSD when I was, so like I, I taught a yeah. workshop for them and they're, I mean, no offense to them, but they're definitely not the uh, best and brightest. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I, so, I, got, I got my master's. That's good enough for me. <laughs> right, right. Um, did you get it so this is propaganda? No. Okay, we won't. We won't. I'm, I'm in. I'm. Uh, I'm in the. I'm in the construction field. That's oh right, it. yes, construction and uh, um, and architecture. Um. Cool. All right. What's this? So this, this is interesting because you've 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 probably seen the one on the top. Uh, you probably haven't seen the one on the bottom. Uh, fun fact that that icon that that like you know the heads of state through the years that was originally a fascist propaganda piece. So uh, it stole it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, the text down there is what the king conquered, the prince formed, the field marshal defended, and the soldier saved and united. It's kind of regarding like the the generations of German identity from empire to republic to like like 
you know, fascist Reich and stuff like that. Um, that that icon was actually the Soviets loved it, and so the uh, Soviets, you know, you know, the, this is just like it's detached from the rest of it. It's just like Soviet, uh, the Soviets stole uh, fascist propaganda. Yeah, like Stalin, Stalin needed a lot. You know, Stalin became a complete nationalist after uh, during World War II. Like he went from communist to nationalist. Yeah. He kept the communist title, but like Stalin was a national socialist. I'm sorry to tell you, he was a national socialist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he he threw out the globalist regime and became a national state. Um, yeah, Stalin was a nationalist. So um, we have on the top here we have Marx. Who is that? Hegel, number two. I think so. Yeah, it's got to be Lenin, Hegel, Stalin, then Trotsky, Mao. then Stalin, then Mao. Who's Mao is obviously. No, no, I, don't think, I, I don't think Trotsky's in there. He's no. He's wait, who's the bald guy? That's oh Stalin. My bad. That's sorry. Uh, I was um, for some reason mistaking that for Trotsky. I'm just wondering. Yeah, obviously Stalin or Lenin. Duh. So it's Lenin, Stalin, Mao, and then so who's mm-hmm. the guy, who's left of Lenin? I think that's probably Engels, but I don't know. Yeah, Engels. Did I say Hegel? Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. Hegel All right, sorry. Marks, right? Yeah, no, it's got to be Engels. Um, uh, <laughs> so. Okay, and then on the bottom we have who's that? Uh, the the Prussian guy. Yeah, um, I can't remember his name. All right, well, whatever. Yes. We get the point. We 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 are yeah. embarrassing ourselves, but uh, yeah, we, it's a very we we got to make one of these. The globalists need. You should make one of these for the globalists. Yeah, for sure. It's got to be. Uh, like yeah, yeah. I, Kamala, I'm sure someone's made this for. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like FDR. Um, it's FDR. <laughs> Then whoever passed the Civil Rights Act, and then you know Obama, then uh, so, you know Chelsea, <laughs> the transgender person. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, the, yeah, the progress of bioleninism. The progress of bioleninism from from day one. Um, okay, cool. And then so finishing up. Here okay, with these guys. Oh, oh these are all these. Hold, birth- hold on a second. Uh, hold on, uh, give me two. Yeah, it's almost dinner time here, so I have to. Oh, yeah, we can wrap up. We can wrap up very short. Yeah, the, the, this little bit here is really fast. So I, this book, um, there's two books I want to present here. Is like a kind of like I showed you a bunch of images. Where does this data for the for the right for these people come from? Like, where are they getting the data to make their propaganda? Uh, this is a really good piece of data. So in the 1930s, the the Germans were aware that. Partly due to colonization, partly due to World War One's traumatic death rate, and partly due to economic factors, uh, that Germany was going to have a problem around the 1960s to 70s in terms of population. It was going to become an unstable situation where there were going to be. Uh, th- this book predicted the baby boomers, and so they they said, you know, th- this book made in the 1930s is saying by the 1950s we're going to have a huge population. It's going to get smaller, and by the nineteen, like you know, later on in the nineties and two thousands, there's going to be a, an economic crisis. We have to deal with it now, or we're going to be completely screwed. And so it's kind of funny that they kind of saw this coming all the way in the nineteen twenties and thirties. Wow. And so this is basically like the data mapping out how the pyramid triangle of of Germany was getting really messed up due to the wars and and problems of the recession. Um, you know, they knew the birth rate was going to keep going down. They knew that there was going to be a lot of problems with uh, sustainable society, uh, mm-hmm. and they certainly didn't want to rely on immigrants. So they were trying to figure out how can we fix this without relying on immigrants. Of course, ironically, Germany decided to try to solve the problem <laughs> with immigrants. Um, well, ultimately, uh, go yeah, next because right, they lost. Uh, yeah. So, 
so this is like i think this was made in 1933 or 34 but you see like you know the volk in 1910 good triangle you know po- yeah. you know or post-industrial stable the volk in 1930 uh-oh we have a baby boomer generation starting to form the volk in 1960 uh-oh we have a lot of people we have to support yeah um so you can read the. Th- I, I try to translate the text. This is Google, Google Translate. I, I was too lazy to try and fix it. Um, as the figure shows, the German people in 1910, the establishment of a regular pyramid, which on the wide base is dormant, on the ascending age groups showing normal crumbling. So like you know normal death rate. Yeah. The age pyramid of the year 1930, which is a few years before this was made, shrunken floor base was already has already become a sad reality. So like you know we see World War One's affecting us. Uh, if the decline in birth rates beyond 1933 is remaining unchanged, it would be impossible to continue to exist unchanged after only 30 years. So they're saying by 1960, Germany will need immigrants. Um, years, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we would like to see the commission and the member states in respect about half as many children and twice as many old people uh, than in 1910. Uh, without you know, people without youth and aging. This is not good translation. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like too yeah. many. No, too I mean, many look, young... it makes obvious yeah. sense. It's just saying that um, you're going to have a top-heavy civilization yeah. as your birth rate declines, and, yeah. and... that's not going to be sustainable because then you're going to have a bunch of younger people trying to sustain a bunch of retiring people. Yeah, yeah, and and the and the really cool thing is that they they know something like birth control is going to get invented soon. They know they can predict that the, this is going to be something that happens. The birth rate's going to crash. What are we going to do about it? Yeah. And so, so how a lot do they of the know that? How, do, how can they tell? Because it's it's happened. the industrial revolution and this there's a new thing getting invented every year, and, yeah. the, and you know they knew something would happen eventually that they had to deal with this. And so this book is basically telling the Reich like, listen, nice that you have a new country and a new government and all that. Fix the problem with the family, please, before yeah. we're fucked. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, if you go next, it's um another one. So this is another one with a propaganda where you can kind of see like, in, in addition to the plummeting uh birth rate, they wanted to figure out how can we shape the birth rate so that um the colonists, these are like half African, half German, uh can be bred back into proper Germans essentially. So like this is a this is a a um a phenotype map, physiognomy yeah. map. He, here's who should marry who. So that by 1960, there's no more half Africans in Germany, or they're they're bred out basically. Um, the Nazis would go further with outright sterilization. This was kind of like a like a a we don't have to sterilize anyone; we could just breed them back into Germans by doing this. Um, and Why so th- this is like half the, the, Africans. Why half Africans? Because Middle Africa. So there were like thousands upon thousands of uh, of half African uh, intermarried people from from. Africa coming back into Germany because, um, because of Germany's, but Germany only had like two colonies, right? In Africa, wasn't there like very a lot of col- Yeah, but like tens of thousands of people were coming back from there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and plus, and plus, also the Reich was conquering Belgium with its, uh, especially France too. Um, a lot of intermarried colonists. Yeah. Um, and so the Germans were like, uh, well, I want to differentiate. The Germans were like, hey, here's how we can peacefully make ourselves European again. The Nazis were like, "Fuck that! I'm going to sterilize everybody." Yeah, right, right. So, like, you can view this as like the kinder, gentler. Yeah, Germans. got it. This was the so it was already on their mind, but yeah, the Germans. Yeah, the, the and it, yeah, this is before Hitler was in power. I think I think yeah. it's before Hitler's in power. Here's a nice. And so here, anti-Semitic. Have you, 
it's not meant to be. Um, yeah. That's actually uh, that that photo is uh, half half African German. Oh, okay, so he's not. Um, Yes, no. He he may look like it, but he's actually a dark German. So he's like he's they call they were called the uh, the Rhine bastards. So like oh. they're like half African. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is before anti-Semitism, basically. Um, this is uh yeah, before they before it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, like before it became yeah yeah before it became um. So they they were saying you know. Uh, you know, in 1936, some parts of the Rhine have like 50-50 African mix, Aryan mix. Oh no! By like uh, 120 years from now, uh, what's that? That's gonna be like 2020, the year 2040. Yeah. Um, oh no! We'll, we'll have like a tiny minority of Germans left. Oh no! I like how this. <laughs> I like how the German guy has like a really gay pose. He's like, "Hey, <laughs> no, you know how they are." You know yeah. how they are. He's like, "Hey, boys." Whereas the other guy's like, "Oh, give me your money." <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, okay, well, this, um this is like same things so like this is projecting the year 1975 and 2000 like like predicting uh the pyramid triangle problem um yeah. i think it's a pyramid i think it's actually the gender gap i forget but anyway this is another book this is uh i just i actually just bought this book because I, i've been looking for it for antiques this one is really cool uh i think it's called gear own bulk i forget what it's called like like what about the bulk what about the people uh, published 1937, so like you know, middle of the uh, early early fascists, um, or mid fascist actually. Uh, go next. Um, so this book is also a source of a lot of propaganda material where they're saying, hey, you know, remember World War One? Remember the problem of of dealing with populations? How what kind of propaganda can we do we need to fix uh this problem? Like you know, the marriage rate is collapsing, the birth rate's collapsing, uh, and then the the, the diagram on the right side over there. Uh, you know, by 1955, we're going to have this problem that's going to start showing up into the next generation. Uh, oh, 19, 1955. Sorry, this is uh, depicting. I think, I think this is showing when the so the, the people born in 1955 are old. So this is probably the year 2020 or so. This is like our year. The right image is like kind of projecting our time period, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. like the last. I, I get it. Uh, more, maybe more, more like maybe. Yeah, like the 70s, basically. It's saying that the younger people aren't going to be able to hold up. Yeah, it's just showing in more detail what we've seen already basically yeah 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 yeah. and so but there's some kind of cool early versions of that propaganda of like showing like uh you know how can we support this like this weight distribution of of support we're not you need to fix this uh if you go next you can kind of see a little bit more of this these like pseudo propaganda where it's like they're they're trying to actually no this one no no no, there's something else happening in this one because Look at the look at the phases. It's like you have young people. Oh, I get it. Yeah, we're going through the years. Yeah, it's birth year. Nineteen people born in nineteen ten. People born in nineteen thirty four. Yeah, but but I don't actually get what's happening. Why why is it like? Because it's actually not that bad, right? I mean, it's actually the nineteen thirty four one is fine because you have plenty of people. And then what's the nineteen fifty five one? Why is that bad? It's almost equal. It's projecting like, no, the next one in the 1970s is going to be too many old people to young people, right? So in 1910, it's about like a lot of young people and a few old people. 1934, there's more old people, but not many more young people. Yeah, 1955, um, it's it's not, it, you know, it, it's each each year is a tiny pyramid. It's not one yeah. giant pyramid. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, last uh, but not least. Yeah, so here we have a few images of like, you know, how many kids you'll have to have to make that problem go away if you wait until the 1970s, right? 
Are you really willing to have like like seven or eight children in the nineteen seventies to support this problem? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh I also like the fact that they're like kind of projecting future fashion. Like yeah. like the <laughs> the they kind of called the nineteen eighties, I gotta say. Like a lot of these styles look almost nineteen eighty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, right. But yeah, that that's it. That's my little uh, that's my little dive into propaganda. Wow, dude, this was really fascinating. I can't believe we went that long um, because there's just so much great stuff here. And um, I, well, I want to cut it off while we can because we're we're way over time. We're at like very long. But um, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Where, where can people find your stuff? I, I'll put a link to the Telegram for the um, for the restoration. Bureau series? Where else can people find you? Uh, I'm on Substack as luthnight.substack.com uh, L-U-T-H K-N-I-G-H-T like the, you know, that kind of night. Um, you can type it in later on if you want. Uh, and then my my, my Twitter is Luthemplar uh, with an A-E-R at the end. Um, you can probably link it in the bio or something. Um, yeah, man. I really hope you yeah. start like selling these things or somehow. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm gonna. I I, I, w- I want to look into the copyright issues because I'm using AI to generate parts of the image and then I'm collaging them together. So there's enough remixing that it's my own creation. I just want to make sure what's the like. How do I credit this? How do I source it so I don't get like in trouble or anything? Well, so here's the what. So I studied copyright in law school and I wrote my like law review article on that it you know it's really kind of what i just would always say is just do it until somebody gives you stuff about it you know because you're you're transforming these so much anybody saying that you're the work is so transformative that you're doing that it would be absolutely insane to me if anybody ever but then again anybody can make any complaint they want that's the really annoying like they, they could have absolutely no case at all but some a-hole could still sue you just to, just cuz you know they can't yeah. so it's kind of a you know i'll help you though if you ever get sued let me know i, I can i can help you figure out <laughs> this argument uh yeah keep it keep it keep keep eye on the telegram and twitter i'll i've ordered some test prints from fine art america to see if they come out good hopefully they'll be good and then i'll hopefully be able to sell them before Christmas so y'all can make some nice Christmas cards for your yeah oh dude I would so buy some of these Christmas cards man I would I will invest also I'm gonna try and get you to uh we'll talk about this after but I will try and get some 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 professional work as well but uh all right man uh Lutham Plier thank you so much for coming on um yeah we'll we'll talk soon yeah thanks again